This podcast is the overflow of a three and a half minute song called Jesus Happened. You can expect raw and real conversation, stories, and testimonies of my personal Jesus Happened moment, along with many others. Hey, y'all. I'm Baylor Wilson, and I honestly have no idea what I'm doing starting this podcast. God does, though. (laughs) I just put out my first single on Christian radio called Jesus Happened, hence the name of this podcast. I got married in December to the love of my life, James Richfield. Speaking of, I'm currently sitting in the guest bedroom of my in-law's house slash farm, staring out the window at my husband being pulled behind a four-wheeler on a handmade sled because it snowed the last few days in Tennessee. (laughs) Hashtag hillbilly. Am I right? Can I get an amen? Um, So I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, but was born in Littleton, Colorado. I'm definitely a Texas girl, though, through and through. The stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. My parents got divorced when I was barely one years old, and my mama moved us back to Dallas, where she's from. I started flying back and forth at the age of five years old to visit my dad in Colorado. So all I've ever known is the adults in my life breaking up or getting divorced, except for my Gigi and Pops. They have been kicking it for a long time. They helped raise me while my mama worked full-time at her competitive cheerleading gym in Dallas. And due to the fact that my mom owned a gym, I was known as the coach's kid. And I sure did love that title. I'm sure I'll share more of my childhood story down the line. I have a younger sister named Abby who currently lives in Dallas, goes to college, and works with my mom at their newest venture doing COVID testing. Abby is hilarious and full of laughter and love. Shout out, Abs. I love you so much. I graduated in 2016 from Belmont University, barely. Y'all, I wasn't the best student, but all the teachers loved me. Well, most of them. (laughs) My husband and I actually met our freshman year of college in our first year seminar class. We can't remember that professor's name, but she would bring muffins to our 8 a.m. class, and it was legit. James and I were friends all through college. We both dated other people, the wrong people, and ended up reconnecting this past summer. God was writing our love story all along. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just take a second and tell you that God is the author and finisher of all of our stories. He created you and me and knows what is best for us. He knows that some can handle more than others, whether that's suffering or success. He knows, I promise. And he's in control of it all. So when James and I met, it was the perfect timing for us. It was God's perfect plan coming to pass. So now that you know some of my backstory, I want you to know more about what happened to me. I got a text the other day from a friend who literally said, and I quote, How did you do it? Or how did he do it? It's so apparent that Jesus really happened. I want the freedom you have, end quote. Well, I want to tell her and whoever is listening to this podcast that I didn't do anything. Like, seriously, I didn't do anything except actually surrender my life and everything in it. I laid my life I laid my life down to pick up his. 
The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And the word of God says that God gives everybody a measure of faith. You see, I didn't know how important faith was. I didn't know that Jesus was real and I could feel his presence if I just believed. I knew he was the John 3.16 Jesus I grew up hearing about, but I didn't know the Jesus that loved me so much that he willingly came down from heaven to be tortured and to die on a cross so that little old me could be forgiven of all my sins and could eventually come into an intimate relationship with him on this side of heaven? No, I didn't know love like that. I didn't know peace like that. I definitely didn't know righteousness like that. I didn't know I could give up the identity search and pick up his identity. Let me back up for a second and tell y'all about a dream I had towards the end of college. I had just been broken up with by a guy who I should not have been dating in the first place. He wasn't a Christian at all, and he treated me pretty terribly. The night he broke up with me, I'll never forget it. I had a dream that I was standing on a long dirt road. To my right and left was desert land that was never ending for miles and miles. In front of me was gorgeous, mountainous, green trees and flowers and beauty. It looked like a Rocky Mountain postcard in the summertime. I realized I couldn't move my feet at all in the dream. They were stuck to the dirt road I was standing on. I also noticed that the road ended a few feet in front of where I was standing. It just completely ended. Directly to my right was a small rickety gate that was half open, and to my left was a large disappearing dark door. It kind of looked like a massive door that would be in the Harry Potter movies, leading to who knows where. I knew that I needed to decide soon which door to walk through. I remember waking up from that dream and thinking, that was super vivid and super random. But for anybody out there who also has dreams and believes in Jesus and reads your Bible, you know that dreams are very important and can often show us our spiritual reality. A few days or weeks later, I opened up my Bible, which at that point in my life was probably just for inspirational purposes only, like reading to find something to post on Instagram or make me feel better about my emotions. But the Word of God is alive, and my heart was seeking, and God is merciful. I opened to Matthew chapter 7, and my eyes immediately fell on these words. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Then I kept reading and saw this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. My mind was blown. I knew this was no coincidence. I knew God was calling me to choose by way of the narrow gate, who just so happens to be Jesus. It's so crazy, though, because, yeah, I had this pretty prophetic and important dream, but I still didn't listen to God's warning and invitation in it. He is so kind and patient with us, and we are sometimes so stupid. No offense. I mean, the Bible calls us sheep, and that is what we are, LOL. So about a year and a half goes by after having this dream. I'm, I was sitting in this coffee shop near Music Row in Nashville, which is where I live. Side note, coffee, no, coffee shops 
Side note, coffee shops are like my second home. I love a good almond milk latte with honey and cinnamon cinnamon in it. I need one like right now. So my friend Louisa walked in and asked me genuinely how I was doing. I told her I was great, but at that point I was honestly so fed up with boys and breakups and country music. I had gotten signed to a country publishing company right before I graduated college and was playing writer's rounds every week, co-writing songs with other writers in town, and honestly striving to become something I did not really want to become. I was playing the game, or quote, living the dream, even though it was not a dream. (laughs) She invited me to a worship night that upcoming Friday night, and it sounded fun. I wanted to go, but didn't commit. Friday rolled around, and I kind of forgot about it. The next week, she texted me again and nudged me to come, so I showed up with high hopes of finding what I had been looking for. I walked into an auto body car shop where this worship night was being held and was immediately unfamiliar with the feeling I felt. Peace. Joy. Love. Kindness? The people were joyful. They were worshiping like actually worshiping. Some were speaking in tongues and dancing and sitting on the floor. It was beautiful and very new for me. I don't remember much of the rest of that service other than I was face down on the floor for most of it, weeping and crying, lots of snot and tears and healing. I could feel the tangible presence of the Lord for the first time. I didn't know that that's what I was feeling, but it was. It was Him. My pastor says He is His presence. So this is the point in this episode where I want to pause and just thank the Lord for intervening in my life. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that he is going to use my song, Jesus Happen, and maybe this podcast to intervene in many other people's lives, maybe even yours if you're listening right now. Jesus isn't just in an auto body car shop or a church pew. He is with you right now in your living room or your car. He's with you wherever you are. So after the worship night encounter, I went back to my country co-writing, my friend group at the time, and my on and off boyfriend drama, and I realized that I wasn't the same girl. Like, all that stuff no longer satisfied me. I just wanted him. I wanted his word. I wanted his spirit. I wanted all of him. I couldn't even write the same songs I had been writing, which were all about me and my issues and my heartbreaks blah, blah, blah. I suddenly wanted to write worship songs, Jesus songs. I had no idea how to do that. And I didn't even try to find out. I honestly just surrendered everything. I mean, my mom did raise me on some point of grace songs. Keep the candle burning. Anybody? But I had no clue how to write Christian songs. I honestly just surrendered everything all of my understanding for all of his revelation, all of my giftings for all of his glory, (laughs) all of me for all of him. I kind of quit drinking too, which wasn't ever a problem for me, but I knew that on the nights where I drank alcohol, those were usually the nights when I would make poor decisions, which we can all agree is true for most people. I'm not preaching against alcohol. Well, actually, I sort of am. Never mind. (laughs) Read the Bible. LOL. Y'all, Jesus stole my heart, and I mean that in the most actual way. Like, I began reading his word like my life depended on it, because it does, as my pastor says. I was chowing down on the bread of life and being filled with his spirit daily. 
I continued going to this worship night, which is now my church, called Eyes on Jesus. Shout out. We meet there three times a week, which doesn't feel like enough, honestly. The Lord has created such a beautiful biblical community that actually encourages and warns one another daily. And the Spirit is allowed to have His way there. Jesus runs the church. You can follow EOJ, Eyes on Jesus, on Instagram or YouTube to hear sermons and testimonies galore. My friend Louisa, the one that I was talking about who invited me in the first place, works for the church now and uploads videos all the time. Her testimony is insane, by the way, and I'm sure I'll have her as a guest on the podcast at some point. The pastors are Kevin and Cheyenne Eakin, who are literally two of my favorite people on the planet. They love Jesus more than anything and anybody, and their life is a fruit factory. Like, all of the fruit of the Spirit is evident in their lives. All glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So something that I think Christians often get wrong is this concept of raising your hand in church and suddenly you're a believer. I remember some church services growing up and hearing that so-and-so had accepted Jesus into his or her heart, and now they were going to heaven. It was very much so a two- or three-step process, and that was it. You were good to go, live your life, and consult God when it was convenient or when life got hard. And this is how I used to live before I met the real Jesus. I called myself a Christian, but lived however I wanted to, and knew that some things were, quote, sinful or bad, but I had resentment and bitterness and guilt, shame, anger, PTSD, pride, sexual sin, a potty mouth, etc., you name it. I didn't know how to get rid of all that stuff once and for all. I didn't know it was possible to have an actual personality change. I thought I just was who I was because of how I grew up, and that was my cross to bear. Poor, pitiful me. (laughs) However, as I've been journeying with Jesus for the last three or four years, this is not a one-time deal. Sure, I had that initial one-night encounter where God revealed himself to me, but since then, I've been running after God, y'all, and he continues to reveal himself to me. He also delivered me from demonic oppression a few months after that auto body shop. I'm sure I'll talk about that in more detail at some point also. But this wasn't just a one day, I'm suddenly happy, jolly, everything is amazing experience. Let's not forget that Matthew 7 says the narrow road is, quote, very difficult, but it leads to life. And I think once you've tasted eternal life, like true eternal life, that's all you crave. By the way, the Bible says in 1 John 5, 11, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. So I didn't just go to a worship night, answer the altar call with my hand raised, and become a believer. I actually met actual Jesus, (laughs) who is the way to actual eternal life. And only God could have made this happen. No one forced me to believe. No one held me down and made me memorize the whole book of Revelation, LOL. His spirit led me to repentance. Speaking of, repentance is very necessary to talk about. I think to answer my friend's question from the other day regarding how I got here, I would probably say I repented. I turned from my sinful, selfish lifestyle and turned to God and his welcoming embrace. And that's what repentance is, turning from sin and to God. Oh, and then I believed I was loved, which is just as important as repentance. 
My pastor says that the cross is the forever proof that I am loved. So I believe his word was true and that Jesus actually died for me. And at that point, the sanctification journey began. Let's break that down, that ginormous word that I just used and didn't know even existed until I was done born again. (laughs) Sanctification. The Google definition is this. The action of making or declaring something holy. The action or process of being freed from sin or purified. The action of causing something to be or seem morally right or acceptable. And that's literally what happened when I repented and believed. I started becoming more holy, free from sin, purified, morally right, and altogether, y'all, just a nicer human being. (laughs) Not because I was amazing or I got my act together or figured out my Enneagram number and all was well. That was not it. Side note, I highly recommend searching and researching the roots of the Enneagram and where it came from. And asking the Lord to show you if it's his will that his kids measure themselves by a number. Okay, enough of that. I truly began being washed by the water of his word and filled with his spirit. I also was being discipled heavily and held accountable by Cheyenne and Kevin. Thank you, Jesus, for Cheyenne and Kevin. This is a super important piece to the puzzle. Discipleship is when believers who are a little older and wiser and have lived more life than you decide to pour into you and share their daily lives with you. I do not recommend being discipled by somebody who is barely reading their Bible or by someone who takes part in unrepentant sin. Not the best choice. Side note, number 175 probably at this point, I used to lead a Bible study and I was living in unrepentant sin. And we laugh about it now. My church and I laugh about it now. But it's really not funny. You should not be being led by anybody who is in any types of sin. Probably not God's will for you. Correction, it is not God's will for you. Okay, moving on. So, all that to say, I do not believe you can call yourself a believer in Jesus without first repenting of your sins, putting all your faith in God, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Or with the Holy Ghost, like Cheyenne says. And that's exactly what I did. That's how Jesus happened to me. And he keeps happening, y'all. I mean, my marriage story is straight up Jesus. My reconciliation and redemption with my mom is straight up Jesus. My music and this new single that was just released, Jesus. And you better know that this podcast is him too. (laughs) He has done so many miracles in my life and the lives around me already. And I believe he will do so many more if I'm willing to be a worker in his field. And that is what I am. This isn't just my story to inspire you or make you feel like, oh, that's great for you, Baylor. This is a call to life himself. We don't have to wait till heaven to have peace and joy. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I'm so excited to share more of him with whoever wants him throughout these episodes. As these episodes unfold, I am following the Spirit's leading on what He wants to say throughout them. I'm sure I'll be reading the Bible, testifying even more, bringing special guests on to share their Jesus Happened stories, and maybe even a whole episode just praying and thanking God for what He's done in my life. So if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening and allowing God to speak to you. I believe that He can happen to anybody that wants Him and even to those that don't. 
He is sovereign and he's coming back for a pure bride, a pure church. Amen. Amen. God bless you. P.S. I highly recommend looking up the verses that I quoted in your own Bible. And also, I just want you to know, full disclosure, that I am not a theologian by any means. (laughs) I'm just a girl who loves Jesus and wants to testify. The Bible says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So that's what I'm doing. Okay, bye!